0: The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024.
1: My name is Anne, and I am the founder and CEO of House of M Beauty, and we make saffron infused skincare product. House of M is the first Viet-owned beauty brand to be launched in Nordstrom. I came here for school at 15. I'm um, so a Vietnamese immigrant.
0: Welcome to The Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over. Of- Thank you so much, Anne. I've been following you for a while now. I'm impressed with uh, the speed of how you got this uh, up and running and how far you've come in your journey. What was your journey like to the us
1: i came here at 15 for school um as an international student and before that my dad passed away within like the next three years so by the time i was in senior year my mom then passed away mm-hmm. but yes i came here um, as an international student
0: oh, i'm so sorry to hear that thank you and and were they both living in vietnam at the time
1: yeah yeah they're both in vietnam
0: What happens when you lose both parents in Vietnam and you're basically here by yourself?
1: Yeah, um, it was rough Uh, for my dad. I was there with him Um, and then I um, came here for school. But for my mom, it was I still haven't really dealt with the grief Um, just because I'm I was away, you know, uh, it was the, the logistic. It just didn't make sense then. Um, and, uh, she's, she got very sick and I couldn't be with her, um, for a few years. That was actually the time that my brother had to fly back and to take care of her and take care of her like funeral and everything.
0: I didn't know much about this. Um, so obviously I'm not prepared, but I do, if you're comfortable, you know, to, to talk about the feelings of sort of not having, because I mean, my mind is, is going there right now. And if you mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable, just let me know. But, you know, the feelings of sort of having to kind of navigate the world when you're so young, right? You're 18, 19 at the time in a new country. How does this all work out for you mentally and emotionally?
1: Um, At that point, uh, I was too young to be able to process everything. And I was in the mentality of do or die. So sink or swim. At that time, I lost not only my mom, but the financial support and um, everything that it comes with to be able to stay here, go to school, get a degree. And um, I had to basically give up all of that, got a job at a pho restaurant and put a roof over my head. So at that point, I um, basically wanted to survive. So I didn't really had much time to process.
0: Damn. At a far restaurant?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Six days a week.
0: (laughs) How far you've come.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and it's like listeners and, you know, people who don't track your uh, social media the way I do have no idea what the relevance of that sort of six days a week at a far restaurant, you know, watching you go from, you know, that, I mean, it's a few short years, right?
1: Yeah. Well, that was when I was 18 and I'm 27 now, but yeah.
0: When you think about, you have a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. When you think about your daughter and the future of her growing up and having basically everything laid out for her and the difficulties that you've experienced. Do you ever think about, sort of how easy it's going to be for her and without the challenges that we faced, um, as immigrants or, you know, these second generation kind of watching, you know, the struggles and going through the struggles yourself, do you ever think about like how easy it is going to be for her and without the challenges that we faced, is there a way to kind of mitigate that and to kind of insert these challenges in their lives?
1: Um, That's a great question. Uh, For me, even though my journey was very rough, and I truly believe everything happened for a reason, and it led me here, my job here on earth for my children is to give them an easier time, emotionally, financially, but at the same time, I have to draw boundaries. So I'm here to guide but not to lay out their lives for them. So whatever way that they decided to go, they still have to go through the challenges. And we still go through challenges day in and day out. Um, So for me, I would not want them to have to go through everything that I've been through to be able to like succeed in something. And I I don't believe, you know, um, that is the only way. But yeah i would say be there to guide them but not be involving too much
0: i read a lot of biographies on people who have accomplished things both inside the vietnamese community and obviously for outside i've been reading this for my entire life and i just the one of the common things are founders and people who do big things go through this sort of adversity early in life. And I think about that a lot about my children, my two kids, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the stories that we have as the Vietnamese immigrant community throughout the world, and even the country of Vietnam itself had gone through such heavy diversity Mm -hmm. to become the the power that it is today. And Mm -hmm. so it's always, I'm always curious about how parents and, you know, real um, struggling uh, stories of, of people like you, you know, how we reframe or kind of rethink about our children's future. And that's why I asked the question.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate that. I think for for me, um, that's why I wanted to share my story. Number one is to um, help people think that it is possible. But number two, also to let people know it you don't have to go through these incredibly dark times so that you can finally chase your dream. You can decide to do it right now. And uh, whatever that you decided to do, you still, of course, will, you know, go through the obstacles. But it's, it's in the mindset, I, I feel.
0: How do you think the dark times shaped you?
1: It definitely made me who I am today. Uh, it definitely led me to create House of M. I would prefer to not go through it and still have the gut to pursue my dream. But of course, I wasn't mentally there to begin with um, prior to going through postpartum depression. Um, but yeah, it, it. I believe everything happened for a reason and and everything, all the dots connected when you look back.
0: How do you go from working six days a week at a far restaurant to today? Can you walk me through that?
1: Um, Yes. So I work at a restaurant. I would save up uh, anything that I can save and purchasing makeup products and then ship it back to Vietnam. Mm. That's how I got started. Um, And then that business kind of grew. And when I met my uh, husband, he wanted to pursue his um, dream of building classic VW buses because he was working a nine to five. So then I got a nine to five to help pay the bills and to uh, support his dream. That lasts for about a year. Then I jumped in and helped him with his his business, the finance, the planning and everything. And that was uh, when we have our first child and I went through postpartum. And at that point, I it was not enough for me, like being his partner in business being a wife, a mom, it was just not enough. And I, I, I wanted to do something for myself. Um, and that was the, the reason or like the spark of wanting to create house of them.
0: Wow. It's a cool, cool, story. Yeah. And then how do you jump off from the VW scene into your own business?
1: It was um, in the beginning, I was still struggling with, uh, you know, postpartum, uh, I discover saffron through uh, my doctor, I was breastfeeding at the time, and I couldn't be on medication. And my doctor said, uh, saffron, medicinal quality saffron is actually a natural mood enhancer, and it helps you to sleep very well. And I tried that um, for a few months and actually helped me a whole lot. And during that time, I did some research and I found out that saffron has a lot of skincare benefits that mainstream market doesn't know. Uh, They didn't know at the time. No one really used saffron as a main ingredient in skincare. And that was when um, I shared that with my husband. He believed in me enough that um, he said, take uh, our saving that we've been putting aside for our first home and start your own thing. And that was his trust and his like support really fueled me to okay, this is what I have. Like I'm gonna go with, it. and I was scared of um, failing. And he said, you know, we came from nothing, we got here. If it's gone, we can build it again. And that, to me, is it's the the exact push that I needed to to start House of M.
0: We'll return back to House of M. Um, I want to talk a little bit about postpartum because it's not talked about enough in our communities
1: yeah i agree
0: how do you know if you have it and how do you know because i I asked that because sometimes we're in denial when we are going through mental conditions and Mm -hmm. we just you know people might call it out and we're in denial how do we know how does a woman know when they have it and then once they know how do you encourage it how do you encourage a woman to go and get checked up and, you know, and, and kind of like really look into the problem.
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, after I was giving birth, um, I have these feelings of, you know, just not having any motivation for myself. The only motivation I have was just to keep my baby alive. Um, And I reach out to this, it's a free program in the city like Orange County, Um, They would send, um, I think, a therapist to your home um, at no cost and would check up on you every two weeks or so. And I went through that for a few months and it just didn't help. Like, I still continued to feel really bad. And that was when I decided to seek like professional help. And I would say the one thing that people can help other moms or the family members can help other moms is to not um, minimize the, their feelings. So you have to validate their feelings, yeah. you have to take their word for what it is and take it seriously. Um, because I've talked to a lot, a lot of moms. And that's the only like, that's the common issue is that they feel like their voice not being heard. Um, they feel like their family members don't understand what they're going through. And it just get very lonely, it can get very lonely.
0: I suspect a lot of marriages fail during this time, difficult time, Mm -hmm. because men have no clue. I mean, they already, I mean, I'm making generalizations here, but men typically don't understand anything, right? And then to put on this additional pressure that we can't really see, there's Mm -hmm. no visual signs, you know, there's no, and men are kind of like, you know, we're kind of bullheaded, we don't want to deal with these tough things that women want to communicate with words and we're Mm -hmm. blind to all that i wish there was a you know these programs that you know before you have a baby you know as a man you should should know that this is the thing that could happen with with your wife and new mother
1: yeah there's birthing class that people take togethers and things like that. But I would say, you know, be there and support as much as you can. And even though sometimes you don't understand it at all. And when you when when the woman like step foot out of it, sometimes we look back and it looks silly, you know. But at that moment it's so strong. The feelings are there. It's strong. It's valid. And you gotta have to validate those feelings. You have to be there and support emotionally and physically and and then reach out for help. If you cannot, you you cannot do it on your own. I, yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, all of this was going on in the early days of House of M, or did you start it after dealing with your postpartum depression?
1: Um, after. So I, yeah, afterwards I discover saffron and then I'm just so, I was so fascinated with the ingredient. Mm. And that was when I started to research, working with chemists and finding labs and things like that.
0: Got it. Where'd you come up with the name?
1: M is for miracles. It's to look back on my journey. There's a lot of miracles happened throughout the the journey that I can't explain with words. There's helps. There's, you know, if I could have just make one wrong decision, my life would have completely turned a different way. So there's a guidance out there. I keep saying that my mom and dad guided Mm. me. But uh, there's a lot of things that happens that like you can't really use any other things to explain but the word miracles.
0: It's interesting. Uh, in our culture, we have this idea of bomafuho. you know, mm-hmm. gone to the other side. Uh, that There's no real translation in English, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you can feel is like there's spirits with you and they guide you through things. When you look back in life, you're like, there's so many moments I could have made wrong decisions, you know? But I didn't. So I'm, I'm so grateful. Can, for that. can
0: you give me one example of sort of a fork in the road where, you know, could have really unraveled all the work that you did.
1: It, it would have been way back then when I was just alone working in a full restaurant, I could have easily got into drugs, alcohol. I'm alone here. I, and, and I was young. I was, but I, I didn't, I just work and home and that's it. And, I didn't go out and party and then all of those things. And that's what I meant by the wrong decisions. There has to be some other force out there that guiding me on this journey.
0: Amazing. So you go to chemist and you figure it out and you test it and you are ready to go to market.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: How does it go from being like, okay, I green light, I like what I developed. How -hmm. do you take that and then push it? To the market
1: um it's it was through the Vietnamese community so when I started uh I was too insecure with my English so I didn't launch in mainstream I launched within the Vietnamese community first and um we have a lot of Facebook groups on Facebook that people would sell things like clothes skincare products so that's how I got started. I just constantly post on there. Um, and then, you know, outreaching to like Vietnamese influencers and um, celebrities. And that was when uh, Ji Thanh Hao got back to me. And she's, um, if you guys not know, she's a very famous Vietnamese singer. And uh, she was the only one that responded back to my message and decided to help, wanted to try. I uh, loved it and decided to help.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you that, you know, we're, I think as a community, we're not quite there yet with the internal support of members that we, you Mm -hmm. know, want to uplift or amplify yet, you know, and then that culture is changing for sure. I'm not saying that it's not there, but Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I think in the first 40 years of our existence, you know, Mm -hmm. in the United States, there's this kind of weird carryover from the old country that we're not really supporting each other and and kind of pushing. But why do you think that's the case?
1: I would say it was from wartime. It's a natural defense mechanism. It's a lot of individualistic. You came here, you have to survive on your own. You don't actually don't have time or resources or energy to support one another. And that's completely okay. You build a life for your family, you raise your children, and now your children are at a better place that they can uplift one another. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like you've seen this movement within the Vietnamese community that now that we bond together, we actually yeah. lift one another. And it's it's great.
0: Yeah, there's uh, so many people doing that. And it's so amazing. You know, shout out to Lin Kiu. Yeah. Right you know, in that's Foundation, true. she's doing that. Then in Foundation, not in, yeah. but she's doing that and uh, yeah. Jess Vu of her Vietnam in- entertainment you know yes. all these wonderful women yes. just really putting it out there for us
1: yeah for sure and and would think like you Lynn and you Jess have helped me so much Um, you know on this journey ever since like we started decided to branch out to mainstream too and it's another world of like Vietnamese Americans that I didn't like get in contact with you know so like I'm, I'm so grateful for all the people that I've met throughout the journey that just decided to help us.
0: Yeah. Like I saw you hanging out with Michelle Phan and that was like such a big moment, right?
1: Yes, it was. It was a full circle moment. When I was in Vietnam, I grew up watching her and she was the inspiration that, um, wow, that's beauty industry. I love that. I was obsessed with I still am watching makeup tutorials, skincare hauls and all of that. I didn't care about shoes or clothes, but mm. makeup, skincare was my thing. And that was all things to to Michelle.
0: Wow. Yeah. What, what do you think that's in Saffron that, is there any scientific properties that is in Saffron that's creating all this good stuff for us?
1: Yes, there's actually a lot of uh, data and uh, research if you ingest it internally it can um, it is a natural mood enhancer and it's it's known in the um obgyn like community too and on your skin saffron is actually one of the very few ingredients that can calm your skin and also brighten mm-hmm. at the same time so that is the struggle with um the customers on the market a lot of people with sensitive skin it, the the, sensitive, the products on, on the market for sensitive skin is soothing and calming, and that's it. And the products that for brightening will irritate people with sensitive skin or rosacea. And saffron, um, because it is high in antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, it's a very great healing agent, but it's also very high in vitamin C as well. So that was the struggle with especially moms like postpartum. And they wanted to take care of their skin again. That was my struggle. Yeah,
0: I'm not trying to be funny right now, but I think I need I need some House of M on my skin.
1: Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought you you came across it already. I'm sorry. I was sending you some. <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no. I'm you know no, no, no. That's not what I'm. I mean, I I, I just think that you know a lot of times men are not thinking about skincare right? Yeah. We just, yeah. some things that we don't, and then, you know, all these years of drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. drying out your skin and being in the oh, sun. Yeah.
1: yeah. Not wearing sunscreen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Big problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, as somebody who knows nothing about beauty, like I, I don't know a lot about the beauty market. I just know that there are some major players in the world, like L'Oreal mm-hmm. and yada, 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 all these Revlon, and they dip their toes in everything that you can imagine from like hardware like nail clippers to skincare, nail Mm -hmm. polish these are mega mega brands that have been around sometimes for 100 years and they're just acquiring all these brands Mm -hmm. how do you go up against knowing that there's this big ecosystem out there how do you know that i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna put every ounce of energy and go for it
1: um that's the beauty of the beauty industry actually now the customers want something unique. And yes, these are big conglomerates that they own basically everything. But when they launch something, it's too the it's for the masses and it's too broad and uh, there's no differentiation anymore. And sometimes that's not the way to go um, for the beauty industry. Customers start getting overwhelmed with all these brands that there's no point of difference. So I would say, like, find your niche. Um, Niche is actually a beautiful thing, and it's not small like people may think it is. Um, And for me, coming from a consumer standpoint, I collect makeup and skincare products for so long. I know what's missing on the market and be able to identify that and be able to execute that and translate that to the consumer. That is how you be able to set yourself apart. And I wouldn't say compete because eventually you know, you mentioned they will acquire other brands, right? And and that's totally okay with us. Yeah.
0: You know, there's three things that I learned from you by, by watching. Um, and I'll get to them, but I'll just name them right now. So hopefully we can kind of like have this in the conversation. The first thing is your ability to network. You, the second thing is your understanding of a sort of refinement in the way that your brand identity visual has been portrayed visually yeah and then the third thing is going from like a far restaurant worker to somebody in the last 20 minutes that we've been talking about really understands business principles very very well how you can and i would love to hear the the way these three things unfolded for you because You know, that's a short amount of time, 10 years to kind of pick up all these things without a mentor. I mean, maybe you do have it, but, you know, these are very specific skills that women in their perhaps forties and fifties who've been in the corporate world or have worked for companies that have, you know, this sort of uh, brand integration or this trajectory. How did you learn these three, three things? And let's start with the networking because your networking skills are phenomenal.
1: Yeah. I believe that I got that from our community actually. Um Vietnamese people were just naturally caring. We're naturally very uh genuine and we pay attention to the small details. So if you have a birthday coming up, you know, you just a small text is means a lot more to somebody than, you know, things like that. A lot of uh, personalization. Um, and I have to credit that to like our community. I feel like our community and Asian people in general, we're just naturally caring and we're not like uh, too straightforward, you know, a uh, too like a 50, 50 and things like that. Um, the second part of the visual for house of M that came from me knowing what's out there on the market and, um, distinguish early on what I want to do with House of M. It is a prestige brand because saffron is naturally very expensive. Mm. We also make it in France. Um, that costs 10 times more than making it in other countries. Um, but we abide with the European standards and we can export anywhere else on earth and things like that. I wanted to create something intentional um, truly fill the void and truly is at the high quality. So in order to sell a high quality product, it cannot be in a packaging that is too cluttery um, or in the, the visual branding that is too colorful or too playful. So those are the things that I distinguished early on. We We went through of course, um, we're still self-funded. So in the beginning, I didn't have big budgets to execute these things. And we had to work with what we got. Um, but finding the people eventually to be able to execute your vision is just as important as like having a vision and not be able to do it. And what the third one was...
0: This business uh, sense that you have. <laughs> the,
1: the business sense is uh, I learn a lot from podcasts. I learned a lot from just uh, people hearing people's journey and story. I I obviously didn't ha- go to college, so I couldn't get a degree. Um, but I, you know, mentors is also a great way to um, to learn as well. I have a few mentors and one of them, she used to be a chief merchant at Sephora for 16 years. Mm. And she has been an incredible like supporter of us and really helped guided me through uh, on this journey
0: i'm blown away that you didn't go to college
1: i didn't i I have a high school degree
0: (laughs) absolutely mind-blowing
2: yeah
0: yeah because we in the vietnamese community so we put that academic sort of journey above everything Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i sometimes feel like that's a not a good thing to do Mm -hmm. and uh i think drive and ambition yeah is kind of you know up there along with you know the 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 good grades
1: yeah i would say i i would say the more important skill set for me and and for my children would be to be able to analyze and be conscious enough and realizing these are your shortcomings. And these are the things that you need to work on. And I 100% believe you have to grow your personal growth in order to grow your business um, and, and, and be able to work through those. Those are more important for me. Of course, grades and, and going to school. And if you can learn, that's totally fine. There's a lot of things I wish I could learn in school now that I run my business. Um, but the more important ones, I would say, like, live consciously enough to to figure out and perfect yourself along the way.
0: Now, I'm going to ask a personal question, um, because I see you hanging out with a lot of circles that are very educated. They've gone very far in the Vietnamese community. These are leaders amongst leaders in the pictures and the posts that that I've watched do you ever feel out of place or do you ever feel insecure about the amount of education or any of that?
1: Oh yeah. Imposter syndrome is real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. I mean, you know, um, but I would say be kind, like just treat everybody as just like somebody you truly want to connect. I'm um, and, and not going into it like, Oh, this is celebrity. I'm going to get whatever, whatever. No, like, just create a beautiful connection, and things will lead to one another or or it might not lead to anywhere. and that's completely okay. But going into it like that, but yeah, like I sometimes I would feel like, oh, why did I get here? How did I get here? Why am I even here? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I ask that because I go through that, you know, and oh, yeah. it takes somebody who's gone through it consistently. I constantly go through this, you know. To, to know and it's like well when i look at you i'm like oh you know she's probably got a d- business degree from usc or from you know from wharton or something to to really no,
2: you
1: know. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> so it's very um encouraging to to hear your story and to know that there's a, a way to kind of go around all this stuff and do it on your own and you don't have to buy into this idea of paying 60 grand a year to learn business um, and many times frankly learning all that stuff will kind of hinder us in our decision-making and analysis paralysis.
1: Yes. And, um, you know, being, uh, I, I totally agree with that because for me, we're being scrappy and we self-funded and we, you know, things like that really help to build your, uh, your business and um, don't let other people say like, Oh, you know, you gotta go out there and fundraise. And I have known so many Brands that go out there, fundraise millions to start a beauty brands and it end up, you know, not being successful just because these idea that we think we have to do and uh, we don't start until those things are lined up and those things are perfect. And it's never going to be that way. Like for me, I always like like advocate. You just have to start and uh, don't let all these things uh, hinders you
0: it's hard when you have a lot of education sometimes yeah yeah Yeah. gets in the way because you're thinking well here's the rule here here's the 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 way this person did here's precedent over here you know so let me avoid that and then but if you do it organically the way you're talking about it perhaps the road leads you down certain paths that organically take shape and they take root and your journey becomes a different thing that you know that's different from the textbook
1: Yes, I agree. And um, I heard somewhere like write your your goals in pens, but the steps to get there in pencils and mm. always be opened and mindful that like, okay, one door might be all closed, but always have faith that there's it leads you to something else that you don't know. Like we're our brains, we're tiny beings, you know? We don't know what lives will take you, but yeah. be open to everything. You,
0: you show up to a lot of... If- events and functions you know um i run into you and you know you're all over a lot of places and Mm -hmm. as people with family entrepreneurs like us
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: artists and how do you manage to kind of um balance it all out with the families
1: um there's no such thing as balancing number one Uh, I think people put too much pressure on balancing and doing great at everything. And it's sometimes it's just that's not how it is. Or maybe it's just not how my life works out. Um, I also have an incredibly supportive husband. He's and he's uh, an introvert. He loves to stay home. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. To watch uh, the kids. Um, of course, like sometimes, like, you know, we would, it, he he would miss me and I would miss him a whole lot. And we would work that whole out um, on our own time. But yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, there's no such thing as balancing. Um, it's almost like jugging a bunch of like balls and some are plastic and some are glass. And some days you'll drop the plastic one and it's not so painful, but sometimes you would drop the glass one. it's It's really painful um but yeah motherhood and and running a business is i i don't want to put the pressure that you have to balance everything
0: that's very wise very wise and honest to put that out there
1: yeah because yeah yeah, the 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 concept of people is like oh you gotta everything has to be perfect and i'm like Understanding that when you take time away from your family, you're not gonna be with them, but you're doing something else that's also important. And when you're there, you gotta be a hundred percent there. And when you're with your children, I'm a hundred percent with my children. I, I don't pick up my phone and, and doing other things, you know.
0: Hey, right? No right, Good. all right.
1: Hey, you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a saying that in, you can't translate into English either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really can't. Yeah, but you've you've managed to understand that at a, such a young age to to be so frank about there's no real balance if you're gonna do something and take it to the finish line.
1: Yes, and understanding that relieve a lot of stress, relieve yes. a lot of heartaches, um, and uh, it's easier for you to go to the finish line and not give up because. There, there, trust me there's days that um i miss my son something you know and and it kills me inside but i i have to put on a scale and is that truly something important for me to be there then i already made a commitment and i have to be there mm. yeah
0: what were some of the most difficult things that you faced in your journey so far
1: I would say is um, people like, um, judge the book by its cover. So that was the one main thing that in the beginning I didn't want to put my face out there because, you know, I'm young, I'm a woman, an Asian woman at that. And a lot of the times you have to push through the nose. And even early days when I start working with chemists, and manufacturers, um, a lot of them are much older. They have a certain way of um, formulating, or they're used to formulating with paraben, which is a well-known um, preservatives that could cause cancer. And they don't want to change their ways. And you have to hear a lot of no's, and people make you feel like you don't you don't know what you're talking about, and that's extremely hard. Uh, but s- stay on your ground, like be absolutely clear of what you want and be determined to get that um and and take nothing else so hearing a lot of no's early on kind of like help me
0: yeah well i've heard a lot about paraben what what is paraben
1: paraben is a preservative that have been used in the beauty industry for a long time and not until recently uh about 10 years back a lot of data start coming out that it's actually kind of harmful to your um your health so there was a big paraben free and finding a more a, a different preservative system um, than using parabens and a lot of chemists they're not used to that and um so yeah
0: without getting into any trade secrets can you mm-hmm. kind of talk about that like how you've kind of maneuvered around it
1: oh yeah there's a lot of other um, preservative systems that uh, are cleaner and healthier this entire clean beauty movement actually paved the way uh for a lot of clean and natural brands out there Um, of course you still have to have a stable preservative system that uh your products don't get you know spoil um but um that is that's that helps us a lot
0: got it yeah because It's in everything. And I imagine that when you go outside of a system that's entrenched like paraben, eventually Mm -hmm. your margins go down, your cost goes up, and -hmm. it becomes just such a an undoable thing at the end of the day because of the economics of the mix, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that what you experience or do you have to price a little higher as a Um, result of this?
1: No, it's actually not that. It's actually it was the finding the chemist that um have experience with formulating with uh, something that's different than paraben, Got and it. there's a lot of options out there. Yeah.
0: yeah, that makes sense. And what are the sort of things that scare you today? Keeps you up at night with the business.
1: Um, I would say cash flow. <laughs> it's a, it's a good problem to have. Um, you know, working with the retailers, the the terms are completely yeah. different then selling it to a mom and pop shop or a small boutique um so that is something that you know we're going through and it is a growing pain um but it's also helped to push me to finally decided to fundraise so we're gonna start our first round next year
0: got it now let's yeah. break that down um when you're dealing with a big brand like Nordstroms and we're talking <laughs> terms we're mm-hmm. talking net 30 net 60 120 i mean what are we looking at compared to what mom and pop shops because I, I want the listeners to kind of get in an understanding of why it's difficult for cash flow when yeah. you're in a p- position uh, of selling to a big box store or somebody like nordstrom
1: yeah um they uh nordstrom is net 45 so it's not so bad not too bad Sephora, yeah. sephora sometimes can be net 90 net 120. um for mom and pop, they pay you, then you ship out the products. There's also a few things involved. Uh, with small boutique shops, they only order 100 pieces. Nordstrom ordered 5,000 pieces. So then they all everything is tied up in the inventory. Um, and then on our end, it takes us about five months to produce one batch. So that is a more uh, like a... A more difficult thing to solve compared to the terms actually the the mm. uh, retailers paying you. Um, it's not really about the terms; it's about how much they're ordering all at once and how long it takes us to produce.
0: So tricky, yeah. yeah. Cash flow is such a big thing, and then you have to bring in <laughs> investors and fundraise to cover sort of this uh, process of kind of like making batches ahead of time, mm-hmm. so you can. Get to the supply back out and turn it over, and
1: yes, yes. And working with retailers, they also want minis, different sizes, different bundles, and all those SKUs that you know you you will produce, and it also costs um, to produce them. So that's another thing. Um, but eventually, my goal with House of M is we're gonna have an acquisition. Um, so having that clear path in mind, um, that was the reason why we wanted to, okay, let's get investors in and let's really build this up, um, like properly.
0: Who do you go to, to get that? I mean, that's an insight that a lot of people don't, that's an exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. That's an exit strategy that many people in business, you know, when we start out, we don't think about that. We don't think that. You know, this can be acquired for some a good for a pretty penny, right? Yeah. How who taught you that? Who kind of like instilled that sort of information in you?
1: Um, I I've watched trends and also I've seen brands getting acquired. And I understand that, you know, um, in order to Be successful and uh, getting the most out of it. You, it it is my baby, but at the same time, it is a business. So you have to make the best decision for yourself, for your investors, um, as well as like the customers. The customers number one, of course. That's why the formulations and the quality of a product we put a lot of thoughts into it. But uh, early on, I don't want to hang on to to this. Hmm. You, yeah.
0: What other thing would you get into? What other industry would or would you stay in the same industry and just do another product?
1: Um, I would stay in the same industry. So you're pretty much one of a very few people that I share this with. But um, I, my goal here is to, after exiting House of M, that would be my portfolio. And then I can actually make an impact, a change in the beauty industry in terms of uh, packaging. So all of these packaging now, there's no real solution for sustainability. Hmm. A lot of people would want refillable packaging. It's basically the same plastic and they just put a bulkier case around it and make it refillable and those are the because the consumer wants to be more environmentally conscious but the the in the industry has not caught up to it yet so i then after exiting house of m that is my portfolio then i can go out there fundraise and make real changes within like the packaging industry and actually invest in you know technology research and truly finding out the biodegradable plastic the the biodegradable options now is not compatible with nature so it's even more harm than good and and that is is the route that i wanted to be in
0: that's a really unique perspective and i'm going to ask you if we can unpack that for a second mm-hmm. when you sell these units mm-hmm. uh and you fill them in with the with the mix and you fill it with the 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 product mm-hmm. removing this idea of selling it uh over and over after people run out and just kind of replenishing with a sort of like a pouch that has the filler right yeah it drives down the cost uh, substantially of a unit that you can sell for a higher margin Right, Mm -hmm. so you kind of like remove the, you kind of remove the unit ability, the unit's ability to kind of sell for a higher price, right? Because now it's not in a beautiful bottle, you know, you can't really hold it. You're refilling it with the something that you already own. Doesn't that drive down the business model a little bit? And maybe is that why the big guys won't do it?
1: It's. The big guys wants to do it, trust me, and we wanted to do it. But when you wanted to change consumer perspective and a consumer behavior, it's one tiny step at a time. You cannot, you you have to think of the consumer experience as a whole. So now if you wanted to use a serum and it's in a the pouch, it's, they're not going to use, like I'm not using it. And, and me coming from a consumer standpoint, yeah. packaging is also everything. And we cannot change the industry in that way. We just have to have better options for the packaging, the individual packaging, and still making it looks nice, feels nice, and consumer wants to continue using it.
0: Yeah, because you see that in the soap industry, right? Dish soap and stuff like that. You see, you can buy the bottle and then you can buy the refiller that's in a different separate pouch. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're not putting things on your face or something so valuable as your body... Then you can kind of switch modes, thinking, you know, I'm just going to buy the refill. But I yeah. think when it comes to your things on your face, it, that unit is so tangible.
1: And um, also, too, th- those pouches and bottles are also damaging the environment. So mm-hmm. when I'm talking about changing the packaging industry, it's those units too. Those units cannot be broke, broken down. Um, the a lot of the times, there's sustainable compostable plastic on the market, but it's not compostable uh, in nature. You have to have a specific heat and um, the way to recycle it to breaking it down, which no one here. All these plants in the US don't do that. So you're marketing something as a sustainable option, but in reality, it's not actually helping the earth. So when I talk about the change I want to make, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, how often do you go back to Vietnam?
1: I haven't been back ever since my mom passed away. I haven't been back. It's just life happens, and yeah, I think that's one part in me that I'm just terrified of dealing with the Mm. group.
0: I can imagine
1: the same house and that you grew up in is hard. So. I would I miss them a lot and I cry a whole lot of times, but at least I'm here.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're separate you're detached from it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So eventually I will. Yeah.
0: And do you have a lot of family left in Vietnam?
1: I have my brother um and you know distant like cousins and yeah. yeah.
0: And what about having product in Vietnam, House of M? Is there, you know, is that a distribution um channel that you've you send to
1: yeah um so the small boutiques that we uh sell to a lot of them ship to Vietnam to sell there um on their own however as a brand right now our focus is here in the u.S market and um, really established within like the retail world and after that then hopefully going through you know the Sephora channels to be in Southeast Asia and Vietnam and um, Middle East and also Europe as well.
2: Mm,
0: got it. Well, what kind of advice would you give to people who are starting out in business and entrepreneurs?
1: Um, just start. That would be number one thing. Mm. Um, Don't wait for everything to be perfect uh, before you start. Um, And you can figure out the perfect things as you go. But number one thing most important is just start. If you have an idea that keep you up at night, start working on it um number two would be uh, again working on yourself and analyzing what uh, what's your you know uh, pros and cons and working on the cons so that you can also improve the business
0: yeah you know i uh have always respected you from afar you know just watching how you operate um today i've gained a deeper understanding of the way your mind works And, um, not that I'm surprised, but I'm definitely impressed in a way that I wasn't expecting.
1: No, thank you. It means a lot to me. Yeah. and, And I'm, I, I, I love what you do. And I also like watch how you've grown this podcast and, um, just you as a person and every single time, like I get to meet you at events, like it's always a joy. And this is truly a, um, you know, a, a, an opportunity that I'm very grateful for. So thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And I know that you will inspire a lot of Vietnamese young people um, in our community and abroad to see that uh, hard work does pay off. Uh, you just have to push through constantly and and really keep your head up.
1: Yeah. And don't give up. <laughs>
0: yeah. And don't give up. Yeah.
1: It's hard. It's, it sounds easy to say it, but it's so hard. But don't give up. These successes is coming from days that you wanted just to give up, and and you didn't. The next day you wake up and you do it all over again.
0: Yeah, I am so grateful for you to share really hard topics to talk about.
1: Yeah, and 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 thank you for that. I want to really show the everything, like the goods and the bads, and the the beautiful things, and also the very hard and difficult things, and not just painting this perfect pictures. Like it's not perfect. Um, and, uh, really inspire others that if you really crave something enough, if, if that's your passion, you don't need millions of dollars. You don't need a college degree. You don't need family backing you up. You just need to start at something. And, and that's the, the, Uh, the belief that my dad instilled Mm -hmm. in me very young, like America is the land of opportunity. It truly is.
0: A really wonderful perspective. And, you know, hopefully we've started here and we will see how you grow and develop uh, in the next few years and come back on to talk about the biodegradable solutions and, you know, all this other future wonderful ideas that you have and to watch you execute it.
2: Thank
1: you, and thank you so much for thank having you, me. Thank
0: you, Anne. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube, where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcasts.